0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black in Science. Before we dive in, there are a few disclaimers I'd like to make. So first things first, these episodes are recorded virtually from the comfort of our own homes, so you may hear some ambient noises like a dog barking in the background or a train going by, and these are all uncontrollable factors of the environments we live in. So please try your best to do what I do and just tune them out. Secondly, these interviews are recorded utilizing modern day technology, which can have the occasional glitch, so you may hear some lag either in my responses or that of the guests I'm talking to, but I promise you, they do not take away from the overall story being shared. So without further ado, a list get started. On today's episode, I spoke with the brilliant and musically talented Mr. Ralph White III, who's currently enrolled as a PhD student in the Department of Pharmacology at the University of Minnesota. Throughout the episode, Ralph describes how he got into science, which is a funny story, as well as his experience while attending Furman University and his current thesis work in prostate cancer. He also shares the details of his future career plans and the premise of his podcast called Scientifically Sound. This is such a great episode, you guys. Ralph's an absolute gem of a person. He was actually the first guest I interviewed who was my age. So it was nice to kind of converse with a peer who's sort of in the similar stage in life. So with that being said, let's get into it. You ready? Don't mess up. Okay, don't put that pressure on me. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got this. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ralph. Thank you for joining me today. So to get the ball rolling, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us your name, where you're currently located, and where you grew up.
1: Will do. So as you already said, I am Ralph. Full name is Ralph White III. I am in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am studying at the University of Minnesota, in the Department of Pharmacology for a PhD. And I am originally from Decatur, Georgia, Decatur where it's greater, but I guess now if I ever go home, I'm at Stone Mountain, Georgia. I'm not gonna sing the song for that one, but yeah.
0: And what was growing up in Georgia like for you?
1: It was definitely a party. So I grew up in a church home, like grandfather's a deacon, now my dad's a deacon, which makes my mom a deacon's wife. Um, I went to Christian private school with all black kids, which is a rarity what I'm coming to find. But even then, I grew up in and around the city where a lot of just different things happen all at once. So like in one part of Decatur, you might see marching bands play, just practicing. Shout out to Southwest DeCab for being in Drumline. That's just bay. Um, And then on the other side, you have the artsy, um, type of ordeal where there's free market and people are selling their artwork on the street. And it was definitely a fun time. Um, So I'm actually all over the place when it comes to Decatur, I think. Um, So I grew up 10 minutes from the church, but I went to middle school and high school, literally on the preppy side of Decatur, where I met most of my best friends and a lot of the time ended up getting into too many shenanigans Um, and being a band geek. So ended up in the marching band, but not that other one I just stated. But I was a band geek. I was a nerd. Yeah.
0: We love it. We support it. So what sparked your interest in science? Were you always intrigued or was there a specific person or experience that got you started?
1: So my parents told but I was intrigued with science in the third grade because around that time, this is back at the Christian private school, they were like, it's time for the science fair. You have to come up with something. And I think this year before in second grade, I discussed how to make the biggest bubbles, which included like how much dish soap you add to making a wand out of a hanger and like having fun with it. And I had a full trifold for it, but then I immediately like switched from that. I was like, I'm going to discuss all the organelles of the cell and the purpose of the cell i don't believe that was when i was hype about it i think i was hype about it (laughs) after of course like being encouraged because like my parents encouraged me throughout doing science um my high school was near emory university where i would actually go for a summer enrichment camp called it challenge and champions where we learned about physics. We learned about chemistry. We learned about like different things and sports and everything. But I was more drawn to those things. Um, I think what really drew me to science is my high school teacher, Miss Brown. She encouraged us to come up with our own experiments. And I don't even think this was even a scientifically like understandable thing that I did. But I boiled water and put broccoli in it in terms of trying to understand like the changes in color that you see as you boil broccoli. But then I was like, oh, you should boil it in other things. So I had soda, and I boiled broccoli in that. And then I had milk, and I boiled broccoli in that. And then the burner caught on fire, and that was the end of that. But I thought it was the most interesting thing, because there was different changes for everyone, just because of the acidity of like everything that I was using. But it was just funny to me. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is dope. I want to do this. But yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. And that's I think that's a very true chemical experiment right there, you
1: know? Don't do it though. Don't do it, kids. That was a bad choice.
0: So when did you end up end up graduating high school?
1: Ended up graduating high school in two thousand thirteen. Um in May. So I know. Woo! And then I would go straight to Farming University, which is in Greenville, South Carolina, literally just a couple months after that.
0: Okay. So you ended up leaving Georgia, good old Decatur, to go somewhere else.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a rarity, to be honest. Um, with the people I grew up with, they were like, we're staying in Georgia. I mean, it makes sense. Some went to HBCUs, which makes sense because Clark, Atlanta, Morehouse, Albany State, Spelman, you know. The all the greats, and then of course those who didn't go to HBCUs. We had Emory, Georgia Tech, UGA, Mercer. I guess, but um, those are the type of things where it's like because we have all those schools, I needed to be away because I've seen all those schools. I've vacate not vacation, but I've seen and traveled and toured enough of those schools where I'm like, let's see what a, a state away would be like. And so yeah, I went away.
0: And how was your time in undergrad?
1: Time in undergrad was a blast and definitely a culture shock. Um, when it comes to my that school, some people will joke and say that it's the country club of the South. Others will just be like, it's a bubble. I agree with both. But also, I'm happy with my time there. I'm still stuck with marching band and marched in that band for four more years. Um, in terms of like education, definitely rigorous education. But it brought out the like best in me in terms of like prepping for a career in science as well as just the people um made a lot of friends I even ended up being a resident assistant so I was the Dark for most <laughs> not good at all but you know pay the bills um, <laughs> but it was definitely a fun time um I look on it funly
0: and what did you end up majoring in?
1: I majored in chemistry with a concentration in biochemistry.
0: God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Why God bless? Uh, chemistry and I don't mix.
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. Okay. <laughs> it's just not a stable mixture. How about that?
0: Oh, I, you know what? I like that a lot better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, able to.
0: so did you end up doing any undergraduate research?
1: I did. So actually, that's one of the reasons why I went to Furman, because they require all the undergrads to actually participate in research with the faculty there. Um, So when you can even start as early as after your freshman year, all the faculty had their own labs, they had people in them. Most people try to do it within their sophomore year, because one, it's a part of the degree. And two, there's a class that we all take called techniques, where we learned essentially how to do a lot of synthesis, a lot of analysis with like things that we've made in lab, um, NMR, using IR, and then, yeah, so it was required. So I actually did three and a half, say, summers of like research before like going, I mean, before graduation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So after you finished undergrad, did you go right into your PhD program? Did you take some time off in between?
1: I'm a crazy person. I went immediately after. um, This Furman kind of trained us in terms of like, you're going to grad school. Even if you didn't, you're going to get a job. And me and my best friends kind of knew that we didn't want to take a break just because, one, If we took a break, we might find something else, and then we would never return. And two, we were very eager to see where this journey would take us. So I did come out of undergrad and went straight to PhD program, which is the one I'm in now.
0: And did you look at any other programs besides Minnesota, or were you like, this is it, this is where I want to go?
1: I looked at Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, a lot of Midwest, surprisingly, um, I did look at Emory just because I was like, if I ever wanted to go back home, how about we go back home? Um, looked into Tennessee just for Van- not for Vanderbilt. I think I was looking at UT Knoxville. Um, but majority Midwest, which is weird because like, ugh.
0: And what sold you on Minnesota?
1: Um, what sold me on Minnesota was it actually is a weird. Makeup of a story in terms of like, I think it honestly was God ordained because my grandfather took me from Atlanta when I was a junior in college to meet my family that's up here. I've never met the family that was up here before. So, like, I went 21 years, was like, I don't know these people. We flew up here, and because we flew up here, I didn't know them. I was like, well, I'm gonna create my own fun. Um, I decided to set up a tour of the University of Minnesota because most of my family up here had attended there. And I wanted to look actually at the medicinal chemistry department. Uh, At the time, I was interested in medicinal chemistry. We toured, looked around the buildings, and looked at the labs, I was like, this is amazing. And then I think what really sold the school to me was coming into the interview, (laughs) And instead of us talking just about science, but talking about every like weird thing that we can come up with, because I'm talking to older students and these older students are asking questions, like hypotheticals in terms of like, what insect would you want to be? Then this is with beer. And I'm just like, I don't know, maybe this and that and we're engaging. I'm just like, is this how grad school is? Oh my gosh, I love this. Um, Versus like, so what was your research? And it's like, so. I think that what sold me plus the faculty that I met during that time were very, um, I guess they wanted to cover the full me versus just the academic me. So they asked me questions about like my interests outside of science. And if I moved here, how would you feel in terms of moving in three miles radius or something like that, in addition to payment and everything was like, okay, they're asking other questions. I like other questions. I can go with that.
0: Yes, I think that's awesome. I think that's how it should be, you know, focus on the whole person, not just right the brain or the academics, you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: So are you currently working on any research in your Ph.D. program?
1: Heck yeah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am a fourth year Ph.D. candidate, so I've been in my research for, I guess, about to be three years now. <clears throat> Started in 2018. Um my research kind of focuses in more so on mechanisms of resistance that is mainly in castration-resistant prostate cancer. So for your audience and yes, for you, castration-like prostate cancer is a very slow-growing disease for men. However, it's usually around the 10-year mark to 15-year mark when it starts getting a little bit troublesome. So usually when you have a prostate cancer patient, they come in, the doctor will be like, we're going to do surgery, we're going to give you radiotherapy. And they'll also prescribe you androgen deprivation therapies, which for some can be considered just chemical castration. Um, I'm not gonna go into what that is. You can have an image, you can also look it up, Um, but it's essentially lowering the levels of the androgens that are around in order to make sure that the androgen receptor, which if it's mutated or if it's over amplified, doesn't have any leeway to actually activate signaling that goes out of whack for the cancer to arrive. Unfortunately, those drugs are not curative and the prostate cancer will shift from being treatable to not treatable, which is the castration resistance. So after you castrate everything and it still is growing and metastasizing, it ends up just being a bad situation. Um, So in my research, I focus in on how we can use just drugs that we already have on hand, such as enzalutamide, which is the standard of care usually for... Prostate cancer and combining them with kinase inhibitors. So me and my PI, who is my advisor, um, have been looking in data like the data that he's published in the past, and actually considered looking into what if we could combine the two together, just the drugs, kinase inhibitors, and enzalutamide, and see how they look and evaluate. Which it seems like a lot of the time it seems is very beneficial. Um, More work has to be done, of course, but. Yes, I have plenty of research to do in my PhD program.
0: Are you hoping to uh, defend your thesis anytime soon?
1: Um, you know, the joke that I have for myself that in 2022 maybe at the end, yes. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind 2023 just because, you know, going into grad school, a lot of people want to just go ahead and get the degree and get out, but you know, if you're not fully prepared, you're going to see that's like a curse. So I'm taking my sweet time. There's a lot of stuff that I do anyway within grad school, whether it's service or even just doing more research off to the side, whether it's other things. So, yeah, 2022. Let's hope. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed.
0: So what's one short-term future goal you have in one long-term?
1: In grad school or just in life? Both. Okay. Short-term? Two, one, I guess in life, in regards to, like, my career would be postdoc fellowship. So my biggest, like, career goal for me is to become my own principal investigator, but also teach. So I really want to get into that, Um, but in terms of, like, my graduate school, I really want to get more into proteomics work, which is just a mass spectrometry type stuff where... All these big machines can spit out all like phospho signaling that's happening in the cells, and I'm excited because if you can get to that and start getting a master on that, just oh, it's so beautiful. The story just turns into a whole novel. <laughs> all
0: right, now what about in your personal life? What goals do you have?
1: Um, short term, I I definitely should probably pick up uh. My cooking stuff again. <laughs> I want to learn how to make biscuits better um, in short term, um, but I guess in life to, you know, meditate more, be able to actually meal prep. I don't meal prep. I usually eat dinner, <laughs> and then I go and take leftovers to work. But everybody else, like, if you meal prep, you'll have more money. I'm like, I don't believe it. Um, that I hope to actually continue doing music and reading just in general for just like my own personal enjoyment. And then long-term, I say this as a joke, but it would be fun if this happened to get a Grammy and then Nobel prize in medicine. We know it's a big goal long-term, like maybe I'll be 70 and then I'll release an old school album and be like, all right, give it to me and then they find that my research is amazing and i go to wherever they have the nobel prize i think it's switzerland i don't know um and be like hey hi how you doing um the party's in the back thank you (laughs) and peace out
0: i love it well you can celebrate both achievements i think that's great both interests i
1: have to these are these are the things that i would love to achieve if not it's fine Mm. If anything, I would just want to create more community around science. And that includes taking people that are not scientific and bringing them in.
0: Yes, touch everyone. So has the current pandemic had an effect on your work?
1: Uh, Yes and no. So in the beginning, I think everybody, when it came to COVID, everyone had to stay home. And we don't know what to do and how to do and when to do it. Um, I didn't, I think... So last year it hit in March. I didn't go back to lab until like middle of June. Um, And most of the time I was just reading papers after papers, just trying to gain more knowledge about my field as well as just like, you know. I I know for me that I will slack off and be like, I have no idea what I study if I don't keep reminding myself what's going on. Um, But once I got back in June, it started to get more focused I think So I started thinking in the mindset of not how much I do, but more so what I actually do specifically. And my research has been going in a gradual uptick. So I think it's been beneficial and yet it still sucked, at least in the beginning.
0: (laughs) Well, at least you had some positive aspects, which we love to hear. So, as a black man in your chosen field, what has your experience been like so far? Has it been mostly positive? Have there been some negatives?
1: You know, I think every experience you can find a positive or negative. So, I switched from chemistry to a more biomed type of field, right? And within doing chemistry, I think my experience in being a black man, I was always the moving anomaly amongst the department um me and a good friend of mine literally have a theory that there's always one black person that becomes a chemistry major and it has never changed so she was a year ahead of me and she was the one and I was in there and I was the one and then behind me there was the one and then when I became a senior there was another one that was two years behind me and I was like this is crazy but it also just shows this like It's the apparent lack. And because of that, I always felt as if, in terms of negative, that I didn't have a sense of community that I could vibe vibe with, that with people that look like me and experience the same struggles as well as anxieties that I have. It also led to growing more of a determination as well as just like hope to seek out people like that. In terms of my experience now, it's still kind of the same, but, And I honestly can thank Twitter as well as the random people that you meet in grad school that it's way better now in terms of finding your sense of community with people and faculty that can mentor you to get to that point that look like you. And even if some don't look like you, there are allies around that have fully prepared you for the experience in order to thrive in it.
0: Yes, we like the the woke mentors. Who may not be black but they still understand and support you in the ways that hey they
1: my first undergraduate mentor in terms of research was a white woman but she straight <laughs> up schooled everything i was like yes i'm so glad i'm with you um <laughs> i miss it sometimes but yeah
0: so speaking of mentors of color have you had any notable black mentors and have they had a positive uh, effect on your experience
1: so i have one from my career and then I guess in life. So for my life, my grandfather mainly, just because though he was not in science, he was very big in terms of education as well as getting as much as you can. And also realizing that just because you have the qualification does not mean that you're good. I think one thing that was big because he was my grandfather's just like, I don't care if you have like any type of degree, it's what you use like from it. And that was well versed in the other mentor in my undergraduate career. His name is Marion Martin. Um, he was my academic advisor at Furman for my four years. I think he's at North Carolina State now. But he, it was always positive with him. He actually pulled me to the side and we had a conversation just being like, So, what's the deal with doing chemistry? And I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, so are you doing this just for the degree or what do you want to do with it? Do you want to take it to the next level and go for graduate and then go from there? And the fact that he took that time to have that discussion amongst other discussions, I think those were like the type of things that I needed the most, at least when I was first starting in college.
0: Was he also in the chemistry yes. department? Yes.
1: And the okay. notion still stands. There's always one. And he was the one black man, only black person actually in the department and i forget what he studied but like because he was my academic advisor i was like yes we need to vibe and discuss we still talk to this day so like definitely my favorite
0: we got the (laughs) one One. yes So you mentioned your interest in music and I know you also have a podcast. So you want to talk about it? Oh,
1: you jerk. I thought we weren't going to talk about it. (laughs) 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 Um, So sure. I can talk about my podcast. So my podcast is called scientifically sound and it's hosted by me, though. I try to put on more of a persona called Ralph from the South because I'm from Georgia. Um, It is a podcast that culminates music history, as well as um, science um, discovery that happened through the years. In addition, you can find profiles of different scientists. You can also just find just different concepts that we might talk about, but it's for the general public, both who love science and don't love science, but love shenanigans. I like to do sketch comedy stuff there. I like to get involved and try to take every avenue that I have within music to do things so a lot of the time I'll make the beats that you hear in there because I'm usually record shopping online and offline to look for just weird stuff um yeah that's kind of the culmination of scientifically sound
0: and do you just cover one genre of music or just one area of science or so
1: about- right now I mean in terms of music I go for anything I am the type of person that looks for records based on the cover as well as maybe recognizable artists that are on there. Um, In terms of science, I try to range for now within the biomed stuff so like, we can talk about cellular biology, we might switch to chemistry, we might switch to neuro. Um, My hope is to one day just do all the sciences. So like get into evolutionary biology and then switch to physics and then switch to like astrophysics. And I don't know, because the whole purpose of it is one that I think science needs to be broken down in something layman, as well as when you present it to an audience. I don't want it to just be a inter- like you can have interviews, but I think you should have some fun with it. And everyone has a, their own spaz character that they create. And so, like for me, I used to DJ in college, and I used and I actually started making beats because one research was getting kind of uh, hitting a road or hitting a rut in undergrad. So I was like, I'm gonna do something new. And when I started doing that and Sam was like, oh, this is fun. So I need to pull that out and present it to other people because one, I just think it's fun. And two, I think if you can appeal with music or even video or even just thorough discussion, it's going to be fun.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. And where can we find your podcast?
1: (laughs) You can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher.
0: All right. And are you advertising it on any social media uh, exactly.
1: platforms i'm just I'm, I'm, well i know i'm also like hang on gonna keep going in the interview i'm a shy person jasmine i'm just very shy <laughs> yes i advertise it on my personal twitter so my well personal science twitter which is just at route white the third but if you want to follow the actual show you would act for Twitter, you would want to type in four, the number four, um, the psi underscore sound. And for Instagram, you actually would just type the full word, so scientifically sound. I don't know how we scored that entire thing, but we did. Um, so that's where you would find content, just random things. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, I'll bring it back to the interview questions now. (laughs) So uh, what are three pieces of advice you'd give to someone who's interested in pursuing a similar path as you?
1: So the first one is my favorite one, which is keep your authenticity. Um, I went to grad school in my first year and I thought I was supposed to change, which meant essentially try to do what my PIs, at least within rotations or what grad students that were older than me were doing, which were Staying in the work and only focusing on work and only talking about work. And oh my gosh, what about work? Work, work, work. And then relax when it's time to go to a happy hour or be outside what you typically would do at work. For me, that is not me. Um, I'm very much, (laughs) I think what's the best way to describe myself? Have you ever seen Bob's Burgers? I am Jimmy (laughs) Jr. in the lab. So I will do a Western blot and be dancing to my own music. When I first started, I was like, let me be respectful and let me make sure I'm paying attention and everything. And then when I finally picked my lab, and even in the first years of being in that lab, I was like, I need to stay like this. And then it all changed when I was like, this is terrible. Because I'm not having fun. It doesn't help anything because I'm like, I need earphones. And then I think when I finally realized that one piece of advice was keep your authenticity was when I bought my first Bluetooth speaker and I put it in the cell room and all you heard was every which type of music that you could imagine. And you're just like, what is Ralph doing? Ralph is doing a set in the cellular hood. So if you wanna buy, come on in. Um, The next piece of advice, I would say, be beyond your own work. Um, This could be taken in terms of two ways, of course, taking initiative to go for other things within your research, but also what's it called? Being in service just for others. I think when it comes to sciences, especially in this day and age, it was such a black box thing. And it kind of still is in terms of being like, oh, you're a scientist, explain this to me, or I don't understand what you all do. And because of that, there's like a divide between community as well as, um, and just science discovery, which I feel like if you go beyond your work and start talking to people about it, One, it motivates you to continue to keep going. Um, It's always fun when I go home and I end up going to church and they're just like, so what do you study again? I'm just like, let me explain it for the octane time again and talking about it, um, but in a different way. It also could be taken as like, you know, there's different things that you can do based on what you're researching. As I I think I stated in my long-term goals, I want to be a principal investigator. and I also want to teach. But there's so many things that go beyond just academic research that you can honestly do anything. Um, you can run a nonprofit organization for a disease that you studied. You could, uh, you could end up like the host that we have now and be a science journalist for now. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> which is important because I think <laughs> if you look beyond what you already work on, it's going to help. And I guess if you want the career answer for looking beyond your work, um, I find inspiration a lot in the papers that I read that is not within prostate cancer, but a lot of other cancers. And I'll be like, okay, we'll try it. I don't know what's going to do, but we're going to try it. And then lastly, I think, please make friends. Make friends. The science world, at least, I mean, when it comes to just being in a lab and doing things. A lot of people take upon themselves to just do it on their own. I think collaboration is the best education for me just because if I don't know anything, but I know someone that does, that's less work for me and more work, one, for them. And two, if they teach it to me, I learn something new. And most of the best discoveries only came from collaboration. Um, in addition, of course, everyone will say, collaboration is diverse. It's like. Yes, but also inclusion and equity and everything. So please make friends, not even just for like science, but just for life. I think <laughs> you brought up Vermont, but there's a big conference that happens in Maine. And I have met probably the best colleagues that i never knew existed until I went to that conference. And now we text each other now and again just to check in and see how things are going. Because once the old people retire... It's up to us to take over the next generation. And it would suck if it was like, I'm doing this over here and I'm great, but I ain't going to talk to you. How about we all get together and make something great?
0: <laughs> yes, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. And based on your answers, I have two more questions for you. So, <laughs> in the Future, do you plan on leaving prostate cancer or just cancer in general when it comes to your postdoc? I don't anything? think
1: I will leave cancer just because of the ties I've had with it personally, as well as just research wise. However, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to take on new diseases and new just ventures in terms of science. I think you, if you stick with one, of course, most people will be like, you don't stick in one field, and only say that one feels like, yes, you can. And I hope to do my best in that field. But because at the person that I am, I am the type of person who's like, man, I don't know anything about neuroscience, but I'll gladly learn it if someone's willing to teach me, or if I'm, like, finding a book that might help me understand it, and who knows? That might give you a more holistic approach of just, like, oh, this could be going on. Let's look beyond, again, look beyond your own research, look beyond your own work, because it could lead to something more interesting. There's a faculty member that, I mean, he does research cancer, but he looks into the Fanconi anemia disease, which is, like, a child-ridden disease. But he started in that. He started in cancer, ended up there. And I was like, I would definitely want to learn more about that because that just seems weird and interesting.
0: All right. And as far as teaching goes, what do you think you would want to teach?
1: If I wanted to teach, I would definitely take on general biology, chemistry courses, but also proud with my PhD going to be in pharmacology, I would want to teach possibly that, but in different approaches where looking into the history of drugs that were made over time at this conference I was at, they took the time to, and it was just like a hormone dependent cancers conference, but they gave us a rundown of like how prostate cancer was treated in like the 1900s and the 1800s. I was like, that's gross. But I would totally bring that up to my students and being like, look at this, this is what they did. Thank the Lord for the drugs we have now. Um, but that <laughs> would be like a general course I would want to get other people excited about science in that way, but also get into the nitty gritty of like signaling. Who's like, check this out. Look at that. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, and then maybe a science, a science course, science communications course where they're forced to not only communicate science, they have to use their arts. So I would be like, I brought these band members. They're going to back you up. Here's karaoke sing about the cell right now.
0: And would you want to add a music component into a science-related course? Heck yeah!
1: Oh, there's a video somewhere in, from Morehouse. I think he made, it's the Uzi, little Uzi Vert, like, remix to the cell, like, stuff, or mitosis. Or I think it's, like, the DNA storms 2 I'm like that, so creative, but also can we get the actual laydown of the track? Because for me, I mean, even with the podcast, like I make songs, I want to make songs like that. I started to make songs like that. And it's more fun and it kind of sears the information into your head of like, oh, it makes an understanding. Also as a side note, and I'm I'm adding to this to like the long-term goal or short-term goal. I want to be in a cypher, whether it's the BET cypher or anything, or I need a rapper to use science words in the cypher. Because no one has ever, ever used the word hydrogen in a bar. No one has ever used mass spectrometry, like spectroscopy in a bar. And I feel like everyone's gonna be flexing all that, but I could show you an NMR machine, and that's way more expensive than your car. Like, somebody has to make that happen. And if it's gonna be me, then I need something.
0: I was about to say, um, you need to take up that role, sir. They're not ready
1: for that. (laughs) They're not ready for that life. (laughs) If I come on, I have to have a lab coat and everything. It's like, why is this weird, dude? But it would either have to be BET Cypher or the double Excel ciphers. Just one for the culture, but also be like, hi, everyone. I'm a nerd. Yes, I'm one of the few that is doing science today. Let's go. And they would be like, man, this nerd has no bars. And I just spit everything. It's like, what did he say? He said cellular and degular in the same sentence. <laughs> yes.
0: You know what? If anyone could do it, it could be you. So I'm going to wait for that day to happen. And I'm going to follow your
1: journey there. If it happens, yep. I just got to make sure I get all the shout outs straight. Just like, shout out to my mama. Yes. Shout out to Jasmine who believed in me. Shout out to oh, all all the things.
0: Who knows? Maybe that's how you get your Grammy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oprah, so when did you get the inspiration to do such a thing? Man, I don't know. I was just chilling at the house. I was reading my (laughs) books and, you know. uh.
0: Hey, whatever way it comes, we'll take it. (laughs) So Those actually all the questions I had for you today if you're willing. And I know you already shared some of your social media information before, but if you had any more that you would like to disclose, please feel free.
1: So, I already shared the podcast one, the personal one, Ralph White, the third, but it's the i i high. Be careful cuz there are other people that are like that. Um for Instagram, I think it's the same thing. All you will see on there is me making beats or me asking questions just at random, which that's maybe some people's thing. Um, For my email, you can email me at whit2487 at umn.edu. I'm usually on there anyway, so I will take whatever. Um, I don't know what you'll email me about, but I look forward to whatever. You can also, I'm more better at DMing on Twitter, Um, ask Jasmine, (laughs) Um, right? Yes, I can vouch for that. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, that was everything I had to say. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Acid to water, not water to acid. Good night, everybody.
0: Well there you have it guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black in Science. I just want to give Ralph a huge shout out for doing such an awesome job and for giving such great advice. Make sure you all go check out Ralph's podcast, I'm telling you guys, it is absolutely amazing. Ralph from the South is funny, he's knowledgeable, and entertaining as all hell. Plus, the intro alone gives me life every single time. I'll make sure to leave all the information for the podcast in this episode's description. If you're interested in staying up to date with the latest Black & Science content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore B-I-S and on Instagram at black blackandscience, while we'll be posting regular updates on the release of new episodes every other Monday. Lastly, if you're interested in participating as a guest on the show, just send me an email at thepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for all of your love and support, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one.